I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Wednesday. News with Aaron Rodgers and the odds have improved. He was minus 200 to start week one for Green Bay, now minus 400, which means about an 80% chance he starts the season for the Packers. Game four, Phoenix-Milwaukee. Milwaukee is favored at home by four and a half. This is a situation that's happened about 90-some times, and it's only the third time in NBA playoff history with our database that this line is as high as it is. This says the love of Milwaukee here is historic. We'll get into that. And speaking of historic, Giannis, his over-under points, 34-and-a-half. That's his highest total of the year. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It's game day, and you know, when you have these two days off in between, you got to appreciate it. And this line, this spread, it is the definition of historic. The question is, is Milwaukee a historic team? We're going to get into that first. Sports bettors, listen for the money. Sports fans, listen to no more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we do have a little bit of news on Aaron Rodgers. The MLB All-Star festivities are in the books. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Are you saying it's less than a wonderful mystery? Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you never know with the passive aggressiveness. Uh, which uh, way it's gonna go, but. Let, let's start with uh, we will about 645. We will do a full handicap on the game. But let's start with this line this spread in game four and how what it says and it's a it's a historic statement yeah game four the nba finals tips off less than three hours from now in milwaukee where right now the phoenix suns have a 2-1 series lead but it's the bucks a four and a half point favorite on pregame.com okay so let's bring in mckenzie rivers pregame.com and we're going to explain to you succinctly why this is historic. And the question is, the spread, and the question is, do you agree that it should be historic? If you do, okay. If you don't, maybe it's a fade here. All right, so game three, and it was a situation, obviously, Phoenix won game one and two. Handily, both games, covered both games. Goes back to Milwaukee. Line in that game was four. Okay, a lot of people thought, huh, that seems high. I mean, clearly, Phoenix is better. That was the perception. They were huge favorites, obviously up 2-0 to win the series. But if you looked at Game 3, it was obvious that the first half in the crowd's enthusiasm that comes when they're down 0-2 and it's a must-win was in the line. And really what effectively 
the line said was it'd be about two if it wasn't for that first half effect for the game, but it was four. So there was an extra two points added to the first half, and Milwaukee wins the first half and wins the game easily. Not unexpected. What was unexpected was this line going from minus four favored Milwaukee to four and a half because you no longer have that game three advantage. So we went back into the database. Mackenzie, how many years back does our database go? Since 2003, so 19 years. So 19 years. And we said, tell us the times in any round in which it was home team one, home team one. Then the third game, home team wins. And now in game four, that the line goes up from game three. It Whatever was learned in game three trumps all the reversal, that kind of zigzagginess that says the road team now in game four has an advantage over game three. That, that whatever degree, To whatever degree game three, the home team was their chance to win, it goes down because they don't have that must-win tenacity. You just can't have that all the time. If you could, every team would have it all the time in the playoffs. They don't. And history says this line goes down a vast majority of the time. This line went up. Now, how many times did we have the home team, home team, home team, game four scenario in our database? 91 occasions. And how many times did the line go up? 13 of those occasions, 14% Uh, of the time. All right, so 14% of the time the line goes up. Now, some of those times it's going to be there's an injury on the other team or something dramatic happens. Did anything dramatic happen here? Well, I mean, you can say Giannis played well, but is a two-time MVP playing well dramatic? I, I think it could be a borderline revelation because Giannis hasn't been considered such a monster in the playoffs. But man, oh man, it puts it in a small, small category. But let's winnow it down even more and say it's one thing if that that road team is, you know, like a three-point home underdog. And the idea of the line improving kind of makes a little more sense. But of those 91 times, how many times did the line go up and that line be over three? Because three is the typical home court advantage. So for the line to go up over three, like it has here, is a sign that not only is this home team in game four considered to be good, they're considered to be better, better than the opponent. And that is rare because the opponent is going to have the higher seed. That's why they had home court. So of those 91 times, how many times did it, both of the 13 uh, that they went up at all, did it go up and in, in, in the line was above three, which says even beyond home court, this team's better? Only three of those 91 times. All right. That's history. Three of 91 times this scenario, which is, Team loses game one, game two, wins game three, line goes up in game four, and that team without home court advantage is favored by more than home court, which says there's been a reversal of who's the better team. A reversal, and that's what's happened here. This line, four and a half in game four, says unequivocally that the betting marketplace considers Milwaukee to be better than Phoenix. Jonas, what do you think of that conclusion? Yeah, I... I, um... (sighs) 
Is this all just because of an otherworldly performance by a guy that everybody just thought was injured? Like that's the that's or the thought only... wasn't the kind of guy to be a you know a step yeah. up in the playoffs and be the Superman. No, that's that's fair because we see him come up short so many times before that it's almost as if he's rewriting the narrative on himself, and thus we're going to have to rewrite uh, how how we handicap this going going into these games now. And that, that's that's, that's what's surprising. And and it's similar. We talked about it to Paul George. I think Paul George had a little bit of that to where people had to reevaluate what do you do with the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard out because we've never seen Paul George step up the way that he did this year. No, that's fair. I think that's a pretty good comparison. And it was so alternating. It didn't have a chance to gain the momentum. Yeah. I mean, it strikes me if Phoenix – and here's an interesting what if. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. Is if – let's say Phoenix wins a close one. It's 3-1. They can close out game five what's the line because the assumption is one game shouldn't change the power ratings all that much if at all so under based on this line which is saying pretty much Milwaukee's one and a half points better you would think then Phoenix at home with a typical home quarter three means Phoenix would only be one and a half are you telling me if Phoenix goes home three one up to close out the line's gonna be one and a half no. No. I mean, line's probably four, four and a half. There would be a reversal again. Mackenzie, what would you guess line is in Phoenix if the, they win game four? If they win, I think four and a half for Phoenix. So how does that make any sense? It doesn't. I mean, home court advantage has been three, three and a half historically. You could say in this series it's four and a half for whatever reason. Well, no, Just, no, you wouldn't you say it's four. Whoa, whoa. You wouldn't say it's four and a half for any reason. Why would you? I mean, there's if you no were just, reason. There is no reason for it. Then if why blindly, say it? If you were blindly looking at each game and each line, then you might come to that conclusion. If you, and if that's you didn't know the any false of the conclusion. That's the false conclusion. Don't go off on your if this, if that. It's all. That's the point. We're confusing the matter. There's no reason this year that now you could make the case if you look at just this season, or I'm sorry, just these playoffs. Milwaukee's had some weird splits. It, 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 by no other – the sample size is so, – meaning home in a way. The sample size is so small, it's it's not even a conversation. I mean, what, what's the current capacity? Uh, what's the current crowd? I mean, would we say we're even at 100% of typical home court because of, uh, you know, any re- lingering COVID restrictions? Like, what was the attendance last game? Sixteen thousand ninety-five percent. Okay, so I mean, I guess in theory, you would say that th- that that five percent doesn't diminish the home court any. What do you think, Jonas? I mean, I I I don't know that home court is having the same because I'm torn on this because I because of the number of people I don't think it's at full capacity because I still think they're using some social distancing from the sidelines. It doesn't look like Madison Square Garden where they were right on the players as they were inbounding the balls. So I I, I look at it and I go, okay. Is is home court not the same capacity because it's not the same number of people? But when you come out of not playing in front of anybody, is that still having an effect? And maybe that makes up the difference. That, uh, that's where I'm not sure about the home court uh, in these finals. McKay, do me a favor, McKay. Just look at the playoffs and tell me what the net. I mean, I guess in theory, it should even itself out, right? What was the net margin um, straight up for home teams? And then maybe look at the last month of the regular season. 
because it was creeping up. But remember, the last let's. But to some degree, we're we're maybe on a goose chase here because the most home court historically, good home courts in the playoffs with no diminishment because of COVID or whatever. So historically, good home courts are three and a half. Lesser home courts are three. So even if we want to give Milwaukee three and a half, say there's no diminishment because of COVID, and let's assume Milwaukee's one of the better home courts, which I think is fair, you know, in the top third of the league, then three and a half. So that now they're a point. But so it, it, it's, it, we're talking about a half point when, when the question is how are they so much perceived to be so much better. Uh, do you have that? Yeah, so in the playoffs, it's actually plus 3.9 for home teams. Last month of the season, it was only plus one. And the thing about that playoff number, which probably isn't quite right, is there's going to be more home games in the playoffs for the superior seeds. Right. Because, I mean, you're going to have the, the, you know, the five-game sweep or the five-game gentleman sweep more. Uh, my, I'd be interesting is how many times did the superior – maybe we'll look at this during the break. How many times did the superior seed have a home game versus – because if, if it goes seven, they have an extra home game. If it goes five, they have an extra home game. The only two times they don't have an extra home game, right, is four and six. So mm, my gut feeling is it probably is about 50-50, right? If you say how many series go four and six and how many go five or seven, I'd say more go five or seven by a smidge. What would you think, Jonas? Yeah, and I and I also just did a double check on, on the number of people in attendance for these games. Um, Phoenix is at ninety two percent capacity for games one and two, and it's actually Milwaukee's at ninety six. Yeah. So I, I would have thought the opposite. I, I it, it seemed like maybe the crowd was a little bit louder in Phoenix. They've both been been pretty fun to watch, but it seems like um, you know Phoenix had more people there. But if you look at just percentage to capacity, uh, Milwaukee actually had more than Phoenix did. But but when you're at ninety two. I mean, we're looking at the home court in both cases. When you're at 92, I mean, it's about one out of 10 people aren't there. So it's hard to say that's nothing, right? 1,500 people, basically. Yeah. I, and yeah. I mean, you know, so, and now the question is in Milwaukee, and I don't know this, and we'll move on, but it seems like if it's not as loud, maybe it's, hey, it's been 40 some years in the making, uh, you know, 45 plus, and uh, maybe it's the big money people and it's hard for the fans, that, you know, the, the hardcore to get in. And we all know bowl games and such when it, you don't have the fanatics in there, they don't make as much noise. Now, again, that's just speculation. But either way, even if we want to give both three and a half, even though it's 96 and 92 percent of capacity and three and a half is the best you can assume. They're saying that Phoenix was clearly better in game one and two. And game one makes more sense because Giannis is uncertainty. Game three and four, uh, well, game three, they were saying actually Phoenix was still better because if you add in the game three phenomenon, the line kind of said Phoenix was better. But then this game four is the strange one. It's the big statement to say, no, 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 actually Milwaukee's better. Now, let's not forget the following. Milwaukee entered the playoffs before Giannis's injury when they speculated they projected that this would be the matchup they were minus 150 in the series even though Phoenix had home court that was saying Milwaukee was clearly better clearly better and that's why if you remember I had a loser in game two 
Because when Giannis came back and looked so good, I said, wow, Milwaukee's the better team. But this, you know, because look at what the line was entering the series before Giannis got hurt. But they were getting, what was it, four and a half in game two? It was like, that makes no sense. That's saying Phoenix is clearly better. Once Giannis showed himself to be healthy, I didn't think Phoenix was better. Boom, that lost. All right, people reevaluate. And here we are. It's a flip back. And you might say, RJ, the aberration was thinking Phoenix was better, that all along the market thought Milwaukee was better. It was just when Giannis was hurt, and maybe they were a game late figuring it out. But since then, they've kind of embraced Milwaukee. And you know, I accept that, except for one thing. Look at the series price. Right now, the series price is McKenzie. The Suns are minus 250 favorites. The takebacks are the Bucks plus 210. All right. What would the line be if these were even teams? One team was in the home team or home court advantage. Phoenix was up 2-1. What would the line be if these were even teams? Based on the simple math we talked about yesterday, the Suns would be minus 240. The Bucks would be plus 200. So there's a premium on Phoenix right now. That's right. So what the hell is going on? <laughs> the, the, the series price says a premium on Phoenix. This line says a premium on Milwaukee. Personally, yesterday, we bet Milwaukee right here on the show. A show bet, full best bet in the series because we felt like, hey, I don't want to lay the, the, the premium in game four. I want to take the series price, which is obviously mighty juicy. And Jonas, you asked it yesterday. What would the line be? If it is 2-2, two, two, yeah. well, history tells us it'd be about minus 130, minus 140. So with Phoenix having two home games of the three left being the favorite. But again, that assumes that the teams are perceived to be even. If Milwaukee wins another one, maybe the series price is going to catch up. I wouldn't be surprised if it was around Pickham, especially if Giannis has a monster game. And oh, by the way... Giannis is over under points, 34 and a half. That's the highest he's had this season. He's expected in the finals under the brightest lights to score the most points of any game this season. A forced bet, Jonas, over under 34 and a half for Giannis. I would take the over because they, they have to have it. That's their only chance to win. So if I, if I like Milwaukee in the series, I would take the over. That's what's funny. Whenever you have a bet in which this – the squares are clearly going one way, and I'm not talking about you, Jonas. And <laughs> then some of the sharps are going, like the thoughtful, let's say, sharp squares, as we call them, people like you, Jonas, that, that, that don't live this, but you think it through. You like the over. And I'll, and you know what? I like the over. And it just you got to wonder why the bookies – I mean, if the bookies made this 37 and a half – do we really think that there'd be a ton of underaction? I don't think so. I think you'd have yeah. less overaction. Yeah. But but I I don't know, Mackenzie. At what point would you bet under? Probably thirty-seven and a half. So th- thirty-seven, right. you don't bet under. Thirty-seven and a half, you do. Yes. So think about it. You're saying you need three points to bet the other way. That's telling you how much you like the over. I do strongly into the over. Does this, does, Jonas, does it seem like he's on the moon? And it's like he's like Neil Armstrong going one small step for man, one giant. 
I, I, from- I, I think he's conflicted because he wants to bet on so many different things. He's not sure what to do. It's almost like when you go shopping and you're hungry, you're not sure what to get, so you just buy it all. Like that's you know kind of how this is. Do you ever see in the Big Lebowski when he's drinking <laughs> the milk in the aisle? Yes, that's what Mackenzie does, but it's with <laughs> it's with Doritos. It's Doritos though. It's slightly different. All right, let's <laughs> let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk some NFL. Remember, six forty-five Eastern. We're going to do a full handicap. We'll see if McKenzie has one of these games. He's befuddled. We'll see if he has a game he's going to actually bat. I may have a bat. But before that, next segment, we are going to talk Aaron Rodgers and other NFL news. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell, and we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get the very latest on the saga involving Aaron Rodgers. The saga. The boring saga. (laughs) We'll give you the odds and move on to some more interesting stuff like the top 10 quarterbacks and Baker Mayfield being disrespected. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Why? Because of you spreading the word. Thank you. And we're going to keep working extra hard to deliver a valuable, entertaining, informative show to you. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 106 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, Aaron Rodgers, he still is not committed to the Green Bay Packers as of yet with training camp starting soon. He's been at a couple of different golf tournaments and been asked about yeah. it, been very, very passive aggressive about it. Uh, but it was Adam Schefter who said recently uh, that he still believes Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, although the odds would indicate a different story. So real quick to let everyone know is McKenzie said he's on heavy opioid medication. For a, a bad back, is that it? Bad back? <laughs> uh, no. 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 Okay. Oh, oh, I was hoping. I was no. That was normal. <laughs> okay. But uh, <laughs> the odds in this, I'll handle it. Have gone from minus four hundred, or check that, reverse that, minus two hundred, a little bit ago, days ago, Aaron Rodgers being the starting quarterback for Green Bay Week One. That was the only question. If he gets hurt, he's not the starting quarterback. Whatever. Right. And that's the way Vegas, you know, it's funny. Vegas doesn't allow there to be props like will a guy be on a team because it's not officially in the box score. So years ago, this was when LeBron had the decision. Uh, Jimmy Vaccaro, who's a famous bookmaker here in town, long time. He was the only guy that put up the line when uh, Buster Douglas beat Tyson. And the, all of Vegas, there was one line and he was at the Mirage at the time. And Steve Wynn was the owner, and they were very ambitious back then. But that is a famous, one of the most famous odds of all time when Buster won, and only one guy put it up. And Vaccaro, uh, it's a situation where back with the decision, he said, who will score, which team will LeBron score his first bucket for, or his first points for this year, which is effectively who he's going to play for, but then that was in the box score, and thus it could be done, because Vegas needed an objective and still does, though they've gotten a little looser on it. So, 
the odds went from about 65% yes to Green Bay to 80%. And I guess I'm thinking, what is the scenario that he doesn't play for Green Bay? Now, I could see the scenario he doesn't play week one. Right? Remember, like, Emmett Smith held out the first two weeks? Like, I could see that. But if it comes for the – if I said, Jonas, what's the odds that someone other than Aaron Rodgers starts a majority of the games for Green Bay this season, it, removing the chance of injury, saying if Aaron Rodgers played for Green Bay but got hurt, we're going to dismiss that and say it was Aaron Rodgers. So, really, what's the odds he's not on the team for a majority of the year – I would say very small. Uh, yeah, I, I would think, uh, you know, if, if you're betting on somebody other than Aaron Rodgers starting majority of the games at quarterback outside of injury for the Packers, I, I would put, you know, significant odds that that, that wouldn't be the case. That, that would be a, a long shot payout if that was the case. And it seems like the tolerance for Aaron Rodgers is is dropping. We've been, I think it's fair to say, kind of anti this these shenanigans um, from the start. But I think the the tolerance has gone way down. I want everyone to watch how he does all he can to distract from the reality that he is going to do exactly what Green Bay wanted. Green Bay hasn't done a thing to appease him, it seems. No, you look at Russell Wilson, you could say, well, they did this and they did that. Traded for the center, traded for the... It's like, what have, what's Green Bay done? Nothing as far as that. Maybe they've said platitudes, nice words, flew a guy in on the private jet. But Aaron Rodgers is going to talk and talk and yap and smug and, and, and mug, smuggy. He'll mug smugly for the <laughs> camera. And in the end, he's going to go back and play. And you know what? He's going to collect a lot of freaking money. And he's going to make. And you know what? As soon as the odds adjust to account for him being there. I'm going to put a monster bet on anti-Green Bay because here's what we know. If you look, listen back to what he said recently, he says, well, in about two weeks, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start working out. It's like, start working out? Huh. What, was it, what we know is for five years prior to last year, Aaron Rodgers statistically was at best – a slightly above average quarterback. And I'm saying at best, you could spin it where he was average. Now, did he make throws other people couldn't make? Yeah, which makes his average or slightly above stats even more of an indictment. He always had the talent, but was it a lack of concentration? Was it a lack of fitness? What was it? I don't know. But I know the stats say over 1,000-plus passes over five years, average, average. And last year, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Now, how does that happen? 35-year average, 36-year average, 37-year average, 38, you're as good as you've ever been, as good as anyone's ever been. Mm, the fact that he was mad about Jordan Love and worked his butt off? Well, it seems like of all the years in the last six now, which year does he have the least motivation to try hard? 
I would say this year, wouldn't you say, Jonas? Yeah, I mean, he's already been paid. Uh, he also wants to, you know, show everybody he's not into this. And so if it means he's got to maybe sabotage, you know, his performance and his team to get what he wants and get out of there and make it make it be known that this just isn't a workable relationship anymore, this would be the year to do it. And that'd be a step further because in, in, in the first year under the new system, he would he had the most throwaways – where it was like throw away with no chance to catch it. It was like double anyone else in the NFL. Where he didn't like to play, uh, LaFleur would put in. He was just, you know, rolling out, throwing the ball, spiking the I mean, it was like a petulant child. And you could say that's sabotaging. Because to me, that's a big word. What I was talking about is even less than that, which is maybe he works out as hard as he did, I don't know, the last five years other than last year. And we can expect a result similar, which was average, but except he's older now. So probably less than that. Last year was a revelation. And let's be candid. It was impressive. But to me, it only made the prior four or five more of an indictment. When you show it wasn't you got too old or you couldn't do it, that you just chose not to, that the 35 million wasn't enough to really try. Who could like this guy? Like, other than a Packer fan, what kind of mind would look at Aaron Rodgers and say, that's what I want to be like? Yeah, I also wonder, just on the Jordan Love front, the assumption is Rodgers, even if he is with the Packers, he's not playing any of these preseason games, correct? I mean, like, I would assume he's he's not playing at all in any I'm, of these preseason uh, that's games. That's a good guess. So if, Ro- if Jordan Love comes out, and say he looks good, is this more enticing for Green Bay to say, you know what, if we're going to do it, let's do it now? Because because we're, we're never going to get more for Aaron Rodgers than we are going to get now. And if they get a chance to get a glimpse of Jordan Love in the preseason, we've seen quarterback trades that have happened late, late in the preseason that involved a, a rookie quarterback. Carson Wentz in Philly was the most recent example I can think of where Teddy Bridgewater got hurt in Minnesota. They needed a quarterback, so they made a move and gave up a first and I think a fourth for uh, Sam Bradford to go to the oh. Vikings. And they they rolled with Carson Wentz because they saw him in the preseason and said, you know, why don't we just we, let's just rip the Band-Aid off and go forward. I wonder if there's still a chance that he's going to get dealt. I tell you this. I don't think I think that 20, 30 years ago, a lot of GMs, not all of them, but a lot of them were clueless on like financial theory or you know trying to figure out expectations and even a decent, you know, MBA probably could have done some things better. I feel like those holes are, you know, like the Mike Ditka trading everyone for Ricky Williams kind of thing just doesn't happen anymore. But I do think there's an inefficiency in the market, which is how valuable. Let's think about. Mm, let's think about this a second. Let's not say Mahomes because he's the best. All right. Let, let's say uh, Allen. Right. So Buffalo's Allen, and let's say that Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. Now, Josh Allen has what, 12, in theory, 12 or so good years left? Yeah. And let's say Aaron Rodgers has three. Let's be optimistic, though. This idea, oh, look, Tom Brady, he, he's playing old. I want to be like Tom Brady. It's like, okay, but you've worked less hard than the average NFL quarterback, and, you know, maybe genetic, but no one's genetic. I don't think this is about genetics because genetics decides if you get bad at 36 or 39, 
right, historically. I don't think, you know, you, you some guys get old at 36 in a quarterback. I don't think that you can just decide you're going to eat a plant-based diet when you hit 40 and be like Tom Brady. So I'm being optimistic with three good years. So the fact is there's four times as many good years left with Josh Allen. Now, each year into the future gets discounted. Like a, uh, a number one pick for three years from now is worth less than a number one pick now. So, yeah, Josh Allen 12 years out is un- is uncertain, and it's also discounted. But boy, oh boy, when they talk about the haul they would get for Aaron Rodgers, they're talking about the most any team's ever gotten for anything. The guy's got a couple years left, and he's been average five of the last six years. I would trade him so fast for like three number ones or one player and three. Like I've heard that one player and three number ones. What are you hearing? Yeah, I've heard the same thing that it would need to be a player, um, you know, most likely a quarterback, or at least that's what the talk was earlier in the offseason. And then the three number ones have been thrown out there. Oh, my um, God. I, I mean, I don't know if that turns into, you know, one of the one of the thoughts in regards to Denver taking Sertan, the cornerback, when they did was okay. Well, maybe they were making that draft pick for Green Bay because Green oh. Bay needs secondary is needed secondary help. So. If you like what you see in Jordan Love in the preseason, you call up the Denver Broncos and say, do you want to get this done? Because you got Teddy Bridgewater and you got Drew Locke going into next year and and you make a deal. Maybe it's for Sertan and the three number ones. And if, if that's on the table and you think you're going to walk from Aaron Rodgers next year anyways, you have to at least kick the tires off. I mean, that's more even if Aaron Rodgers played at the same level. For a couple more years, I'm not sure that each year that's worth a number one. Because you get a number one, you got a career's worth of time. And the whole assumption with Denver is insane. Because if you did draft someone to trade them, then why hasn't the trade happened? So I think Denver and Carolina were atrocities, but even more so Denver. And we'll get into that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. When we come back, we're going to do a full Vegas preview of Game 4 of the NBA Finals. He's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. It's the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., it is game four of the NBA Finals, tipping off at 9 Eastern time tonight from Milwaukee. It's the Suns up two games to one over the Bucks, But right now on pregame.com, it's Milwaukee still holding on as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. What do you think about this little catchphrase? I think Giannis is playing more like Shaq and less like Kobe. You like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that'll that'll probably piss some people off, though. Wow, I mean, yeah. you know, Mackenzie in the break was giving us that one, and it's like straight from Get Up, and it's like, it's like, do you really want to take like, like a, a catchphrase someone else is saying and present it? Uh, how how would you have attributed that, Mackenzie? <laughs> 
I swear to God, I had not heard. I love Get Up. Oh, I watch it all the time. You wrote, I had not heard that you wrote Hamlet at the same time Shakespeare did. And it was just <laughs> quick, you in the room of monkeys. All right. But I do think it's an interesting point if you look at where Giannis is getting his points. Where is he taking his shots? And it's more than just, oh, he's not shooting as many threes. So break the numbers down. So 50% of the time in the regular season, just under 50%, Giannis is taking his shots at the rim. In Game 3, that went up to 80%, including all 14 of his makes were at the rim in Game 3. All right, that is compelling. we got the extreme number, and we've got the comparison, and he is more Shaq than Kobe. Now, what do we do with the (laughs) over-under? Because really, the more that... Mackenzie, you've thought about it. 34.5, that is the highest total of the year for Giannis. You're thinking if you were forced bet, you might even go under. Just in general. Forced bet, what would you do? Under. Oh, all right. So I I don't see how. I, I think this is an example when this happens sometimes, Jonas, where something feels square. And it doesn't matter what the number is. It's just you don't want to bet this. The uh, a, an aspiring pro doesn't want to bet the square side, even if it was like the over under for total points in Kansas City Buffalo NFL playoff game is 17 and a half. Ooh, that's too obvious. I'm going under. It's that kind of mentality. <laughs> this one feels like you got a guy. I mean, the question is, what can Phoenix do? Like. What can Jonas? What in your mind? What can Phoenix do to stop? What? What's the adjustment? They can put him on the foul line. He shot much better the last game. Uh huh. And the only thought that in my mind would be, all right, well maybe he regresses to how he normally has shot. That would have only been three points though in that game. If he would shot his normal percentage, it would have been three less points. Yeah. So that that would be the only thing that I can think of that that they can do to try and slow him down or stop him because he just he he looks like the most dominating player in the series. I mean, Devin Booker hasn't played well. I mean, Chris Paul hasn't hasn't blown anybody no. away thus far. And and so I, I think this is all about Giannis. Um, and if he continues to play like he's playing, I actually think whoever wins this game tonight, if, if Milwaukee wins this game tonight, I think they're going to win the series. So remember, we've got a bet made. If you haven't made it, you can still make it on Milwaukee plus about, what is it, about two 200 we can get, McKenzie, on the series? Yeah, up to plus 210. All right, so we'll, we'll say plus 200. Do you want to bet me 100 no vig? I'll take the over, you take the under on <laughs> no your No chance, not happening. No, no, no I'm, I'm asking Mackenzie. He got oh, me okay, for 100 good, last good, time. Right, yeah. <laughs> you want to back your pick? No, I don't. No, oh, I don't at all. All right, enough, enough from you. <laughs> and I think the driver here, and there's no way to really predict it, is Aiton. If Aiton's on the floor, this is a very competitive game. If anything, Phoenix probably a little bit better. When he's off the floor, Milwaukee is clearly better. And I would say pizza bet for me. So it's a full bet on the series, pizza bet on over Giannis 34 and a half. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense as well, too. I mean, I, I just wonder, at what point do you start to get nervous? Uh, when, in this series, when do you start to get, or in this game tonight, do you start to get nervous? What point total does he have to be at going into the fourth quarter that you're concerned? Well, I don't. I, since it's a pizza bet, I, the beauty of that, you don't get nervous on those. <laughs> but here's what I'll say, is regardless of who wins, someone's going to be feeling tight. 
because Chris Paul has a history of giving up leads in series. You know he's going to start wondering about it and feeling it. And Giannis has a – if they go down 3-1, they're in trouble. And Giannis has a history of not doing well in the playoffs either. Someone is going to feel negative pressure, I think. At, whoever loses this game, either Chris Paul or Giannis is going to feel a lot of negative pressure. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. It includes a deep dive into the odds change when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and who he'll be starting for week one of the NFL season and a full look ahead at game four of the NBA Finals. It tips off a couple hours from now and a look ahead to the series price as well, too. We are straight out of Vegas. You can get us tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio and, as always, on the iHeartRadio app. Right out of Vegas! Vegas!